More Arizona football news to get to and our continuing our breakdown of next year's U of A women's basketball roster and what to expect. Let's get to it here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. Happy Thursday to you all. I am Mike Luke. All right, got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Arizona football, obviously, then. We're going to talk some Arizona women's basketball as well there in the, um, and, you know, just kind of breaking down the roster a little bit. But first, again, we're uh, down at U of A football practice and just kind of wanted to break that down a little bit. Um... A guy to keep an eye on, and we've just been talking about this just loosely, is, and again, the quarterbacks are the quarterbacks are getting better. There still isn't a great connection with the wide receivers, so that's something that I th- certainly think that Arizona, uh, the Arizona coaches are going to look to uh, improve upon. But there is still a lot to like, though, what, you're, what we're watching out there. And stop me if you've heard this before, but we're going right back to the wide receiver room again. And they're going to make this job really easy. Or not really easy, but they're definitely going to make that this job easier for the Arizona quarterback than maybe they had last year at this point. Now, we've talked a lot about Tatora McMillan. We've talked a lot about Jacob Cowing. Heck, I mean, we've talked a lot about Jamari Joyner. Wanted to single out a few guys or a couple guys that, uh, well, three guys that Arizona fans should know about that they should be, they should be uh, certainly versed in. And two of them are returning, or two of them are returners. The other guy is somebody new, but we've talked about him as well. But first, Dorian Singer. By the end of last year, as we've talked about, Dorian Singer was the best wide receiver on the team. Um, he, again, not super explosive, but just has a, a, a capacity to get open. And that's something that you're generally just born with, whether you can get open and he's got that ability. He also has very good hands in the end zone. He's got the ability to be able to, you know, separate from receivers and excuse me, separate from DBs. And when that happens, he catches the ball. Now there's a lot of guys that do catch the ball And they don't really know what, you know, or they get open, but they don't really, they're not really open for the receiver or excuse me, for the quarterback, whatever the case may be. Singer gets open and he catches the ball. Now, is he going to be a possession receiver? Is he going to be a guy that can be more of a frontline starter? I don't think that anybody knows that quite yet, but right now, I, I think it's fair to say that he is—he uh, certainly will be in that quarter, or excuse me, in that wide receiver rotation right there. And just with the way he finished last year, how you know that he's a young guy again—he's from Chandler, and as we've talked about, Chandler High School is one of those high schools that Arizona coaches are going to want to get in and on, and they're going to want to be in on for as long as Jed Fish is here. Han- Chandler and Chandler Hamilton the same way. So. Um, he's certainly a guy that you're going to have to watch a little bit. Anthony Simpson now kind of a, took a interesting route to get to the U of A, but he's stuck out in practice and for a variety of reasons. First, when he's uh, 
the quarterbacks, he's had an, he's had the ability to be able to kind of get past the DB, and that's obviously something that's a very nice quality to have. But he's also catching the ball. How many times have we seen it where a guy gets open, and again, he just can't catch the ball? He's bringing down all of those passes. He's a bigger dude as well, so you got to look at that, and you got to think to yourself that um, there's some real possibilities for some real upside right there. It'll be fascinating to see if he can continue to uh, that strong play in camp because there's certainly guys that are ahead of him and guys that have a little bit more of a name recognition to them. But Simpson so far has been very, very impressive. And another guy that we got to talk a little bit about here is Kevin Green. Now, this also goes to show you, too, the talent at Arizona and how much different it is than it was at even this point last year. Because Kevin Green is a USC decommit. Again, Arizona generally doesn't get a lot of kids that are offered from USC. Arizona's got two USC decommits in this one class in uh, Kevin Green and Kean Burnett. So Green is not a player that physically stands out. You don't like when you go to a practice, you notice Totora McMillan just because of his height, you notice AJ Jones because of his height. Or you notice Jacob Cowing because of how quick and how he's able to maneuver in and out of traffic. But Kevin Green is just that guy that gets open. And he's also, he's very quick. He's maybe got a little bit of that Dennis Northcutt thing going on where he's just a little too quick off the, uh, off the, you know, off the jump right there. And it's difficult for guys to be able to stay in front of him. But whether this was in spring ball or whether it's in fall camp, the one thing, the common denominator has been that Kevin Green's going to get open. And again, I don't know exactly how this is going to play out this year, but I do feel very comfortable in saying that Kevin Green at some point during his U of A career is going to be a thousand yard receiver. He's just got that ability to him. And you can certainly see why a school like USC would have offered him because he's, like I said, he just kind of, he just gets open and it's not like a Dorian singer where, you know what, you have to run precise routes or use your physicality. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that Kevin Green can't do that, but Kevin Green's just quicker than the guy in front of him. And I think that's going to be something that's continue going to continue to uh, play out, especially as he gets, uh, especially as he gets further along in his physical maturation. Now, Speedy Luke, another guy that um, right now is, I don't know exactly what his role is going to be, but I do think that he's going to get a role, and it's probably going to be something where he gets seven to eight touches per game. Um, again, he's just, you got to remember here, he's just a small, he's a small guy. Um, he's going to get bigger, no doubt about it, but right now he's just not a big dude. And that's going to limit his ability to be able to, you know, really, uh, really carry the ball. But whether that's three to four swing passes per game, whether that's a couple runs out of the backfield, whatever the case may be, Speedy's going to be in that situation though. And he's going to be able to make some plays right there. Um, but you do, you look at him and you pro realize that he's probably a year away from being that really dynamic guy in there. But again, like Coach uh, Scotty Graham said, he's fast. And he is not just fast, he's really fast. And anybody that watched that uh, All-American Bowl where he was the MVP could see that not only was he running away from people, he was making people miss. 
And you see that in football where some guys are just really fast, but they don't have the ability to make somebody miss. Speedy Luke has the ability to make somebody miss, and he's really fast. That's what makes him a unique football player. So he's going to be able to get there at, the, at that at some point. Just don't know if it's going to be this year. Now, Kean Burnett, one other guy that you watch, you look at him. He's a big, big dude. He's coming. He's checking in right there. He's probably about 6'4", 230, and he gets open. You can tell, too, that there are some guys that were just blessed to play football. They were just meant to play football, and he is the uh, he he's that guy. You can tell that football something that was going to be a always going to be in the key and Burnett uh, in the key and Burnett jeans. Now his pops, uh, big Chester obviously was a defensive player. He and uh, probably isn't as wide as Chester was, but, and not saying Chester was fat. Chester was just a big dude, but he also taller than Chester. Um, as far as uh, on the field, I think that he's going to be, he's going to play and he's going to play immediately. Um, you know, between him and Tyler Linus, these are, those are going to be your two tight ends. And when you've got a player like Burnett, you play him. And I, I think, and again, could be totally off here, but I do look at fish and I do think that he's going to look at players and he's going to say to himself that why don't we play the, the young guys early? Because if you play the young guys early, take the lumps again, nobody's expecting you to go to a bowl game. You get but everything goes towards that year three. And once you, if you can get to that year three and you're playing this, you know, and you can get seven or eight wins, then it becomes a different situation for you entirely. So those are the guys though, from that pass receiving position to certainly keep an eye on. Now, one other, one other, a uh, little bit of uh, information, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow is, and uh, my good buddy, Justin Spears, and by the way, if you're not listening, you should be ESPN Tucson 3 to 6, 1490. Also does great work for the Arizona Daily Star. We were talking about wins and losses, and we're both kind of in the same, you know, ballpark. I think we're both think that he's going to get about five wins this year. And if you were to get five wins this year, all of a sudden you go into next season with a I don't want to say expectations, but you're going to go into next season with a lot of buzz around you. And that would be the first time that Arizona football would have a lot of buzz around them in quite a while. You might even have to go back to the, well, probably to the Khalil Tate time. But unlike that, where it was kind of a five-game storm, this would be because you have a lot of talent across the roster. And it's going to continue to build right there. But that five wins would be the ultimate ultimate springboard into next season. It also would make recruiting even easier. Now, again, Jed fish doesn't need anybody's, uh, you know, doesn't need anybody's advice on how to recruit. He's certainly shown himself to be a very, very good recruiter, but right now he's recruiting and he's selling a vision. He's selling hope. And again, everybody that comes into a bad situation has to sell vision, has to sell hope. But the next way though, the next time, um, that you can be able to sell a different entity. You can start selling results. And he can say, listen, I took over a team that won 12 games, or excuse me, 12 games, that hadn't won a game in, or had, was, had a 12-game losing streak. After that, we got one win the first year. 
Then this second year, we got four or five. That's obviously progress right there because you're not just telling somebody something at that point. You're, you're, they're able to see what you were able to put out there on the field. And then year three, you get into that seven, that eight win routine, and then it gets a little bit more interesting for you. So again, Jed Fish doing things the right way, building things from the ground up. So we're going to, we'll continue to talk about that. But if you look at this team and you look at Jonas Sabanea, who I'm going to go on record and say that I think he's going to be the best player in this class. And that's not demeaning anybody else. That's just more of a, that this kid's a little bit different. When you look at him, he is physically big. He's got the big body, the big trunks. And I will tell you this, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's consuming Built Bar. Now, it's a big, again, big guy. We all, we've been over this, but he's very well put together. And the thing about Built Bar that you need to remember is that it tastes really good because how many times have you gone into the gym and you're like, eh, I don't want to taste something that tastes chalky or whatever the case may be. Built Bar isn't that. I would bet Jonas Sabanea would like Built Bar as well. Check it out. We'll be right back with you. We're going to switch over now to some Arizona women's basketball. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, so... Now, we talked yesterday about how Arizona, the returning players for Arizona uh, women's basketball, who they are, what they can do out there on the field. And so let's now talk a little bit about, uh, actually on the field, on the court. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the new players on the team. And that's going to start with Jay Laville. Now, she was the last of the three uh, big-time transfers to come in here, but just looking at her, she's obviously she lit up Arizona this year, ASU transfer, and she fills the biggest void that Arizona women's basketball had last year, and that's scoring the ball. She's very good one-on-one, and I don't know who's going to be that end-of-game person, but she is certainly qualified to be able to be that person. Again, I don't know that that's going to be uh, her role because you got to remember, you've got a player in – Shayna Pellington, who has certainly proven to be somebody that you can count on late in the game, late in the shot clock. But Jade Laville is also kind of a next level scorer. So is she going to be that person? Is she, uh, you know, I don't know that anybody knows that. But it is fascinating, though, to be able to look at her and then to be able to say, all right, can she take over a game in the way that she needs to be able to take over a game? We're going to find out. But the re- Having her on the roster is very encouraging. Then Esmeri Martinez. Now, transfer um, last year. She's about six foot two. She kind of she might take on a little bit of that Sam Thomas role in that she can kind of be a jack of all trades. 12 points, eight rebounds last year. I don't know that she'll be putting up that those numbers this year because again, she's on a very talented team, but she is going to be able to put together some unique, I, I think some unique games for sure, because she can defend. She's taller. If Arizona wants to go with that supersized lineup, she's more than equipped to be able to do that. Um, I look for her to probably be about a nine and five, providing some good defense as well. But that's kind of where you look at when you're talking Lauren Field, or excuse me, when you're talking Esmeri Martinez, I think she kind of slides into that Sam Thomas role. And then the other one, got ahead of myself right there, Lauren Fields. 
All right, transfer out of Oklahoma State. Averaged about 15 a game last year. She and Jade Laville, you would imagine, are going to be two of your leading scorers. Now she committed. She was uh, she committed first, but and but she's going to be have every opportunity to have a front line scoring position right there, just because of how her game is, how she's wired. Um, you'd like her to be a little bit more efficient than she was last year at Oklahoma State, but she's also going to have the green light to be able to try to make plays off the bounce because, again, that's why she's being brought in here right now, to be able to make plays off the bounce, to be able to get in there, to be able to cause problems, and we'll see exactly how that plays out. But it wouldn't surprise me in the least if she is able to be a 11 or 10 point per game, you know, player, something like that. But that's certainly what you're going for right now. Now, let's uh, let's talk then about the players that are going to be in the recruiting class. Let's take a quick break because there are certainly some players to break down. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now it's time to talk about the best Arizona women's basketball recruiting class in school history. And that fir first player is the highest rated player to come in, and that's Maya Naji. Now, Maya Naji is, everybody knows, she could have gone absolutely anywhere she wanted. She's that good, and, you know, she comes from basketball bloodline. She's six foot three, six foot four, a big player right there. Basketball comes naturally to her. She's going to play a lot this year, and again, don't want to el eliminate possibly what Lauren Ware, or uh, what um, excuse me, what Lauren Ware could do. But I think Mayanaji has a little bit of a higher upside. You could see them bowling together, but, but she's going to play, and she's going to play a ton here. And it would probably be surprising if she doesn't leave here as one of the best players in school history. She's obviously got Adia Barnes coaching her, which is a big deal, and. On top of that, she's also got the ability to be able to, you know, continue to get better. She's obviously a good listener. So then you got, after that, you got Paris Clark, another McDonald's All-American. Could see her being a scorer slash ball handler this year. Again, she brings a little bit more of a dynamic factor to her. So you imagine that she will play quite a bit this bit. She will play quite a bit. Um but for, you know, from a statistical perspective, it's always a little bit different when you're dealing with guards, but you would imagine that she's probably going to be in that, maybe that seven to eight point realm, something like that. Um, and you know what, you'll take it, you'll, you'll, we'll see what she can do right there, but she does project like by the time she's a sophomore, maybe by the time she's a junior, she's going to be an all conference player. She's that talented. Kaylin Gilbert is the exact same way. Uh, obviously dynamic ball handler. She's going to have the opportunity as well to be able to get the ball, to be able to make some plays. And I think that uh, she's kind of in that same boat that she's probably will leave here as an all-conference player and re regarded as one of the better players on the team and maybe one of the better players in recent memory. And then fourth, you got Lamaya Hilton. Lamaya Hilton's kind of a difficult one to figure out just because she is from Canada, but Adia Barnes really likes her. With the way that Adia Barnes is recruiting, I'm not going to doubt anything. I can't really put a statistical expectation or a minutes expectation on Hilton, but she's going to play it. And she's by the time she's done, she'll probably end up playing a lot of minutes here. But wanted to break down some Arizona football, a little bit of Arizona women's basketball. We will be back with you tomorrow. Going to talk some more Arizona football because, again, we're doing this day by day now. 
We're in the middle of the season. So everybody out there, thanks so much. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.